This episode is brought to you ad-free thanks to all of our wonderful patrons. So you can get tons of exclusive content to help us keep the show going by joining at patreon.com slash shonenflop. Welcome to this episode of Shonen Flop, where we talk about manga and shonen jump that didn't make it big. I'm David. I'm Jordan. Next week, we'll be covering Cyborg Grandpa G, <laughs> if you'd like to read along with us. I feel like there should just be like a guitar riff every time we say that series name. Cyborg Grandpa G! Limousine! Be sure to join the discussion in our Discord and submit your six-word summary. You can find a link to the Discord in our episode description and on our website, shonenflop.com. But this week, we're talking about rookie policewoman Kuriko, and we are joined by our guest, Sarcastic Chorus. Hi, how's it going, people? Ah, uh, it's all good. Thank you so much for joining us today. I know it's been months in the making, but I'm very excited. And I got to say, I absolutely love your handsome Squidward picture. Oh, thank you. I did that for a <laughs> bit for my side channel, but it was too good for me to not use as like my Twitter handle. So speaking of channels, do you mind telling the audience just a little bit about yourself? I'm Sarcastic Chorus. I'm a YouTuber at, well, YouTube. And I typically do just <laughs> oh. a lot of video essays. I do shipping analysis. I talk about Help a Boss, frankly, too much, which for you who don't know, is an independently animated show that I apparently sound like the main character. And that's just been my in for the talking about it. That's awesome. That is a show that everybody who I know who really liked Nightmare Before Christmas in high school absolutely loves. <laughs> I know a lot of your channel focuses on more Western cartoons. What do you what was really what inspired you, I guess, to start your channel and focusing on that topic? The start the just the channel in general? Yeah. Like what I guess what kind of inspired you to make that like one of the main focal points of your channel? Well, it was successful. Damn, that's, that's a good <laughs> point. That's a good reason. God damn. I can't fault that logic. No, but the real thought, my thought process for it was that I started out doing like loose reviews that like got no views. It rhymes. I did something like called sarcastic summaries, where I basically just made fun of the plot while still being technically correct about what happened. <laughs> and those did fine. I s oh, that's what I do with the plot summary all the time. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. And that kind of <laughs> just like slowly got me somewhere. But then I just found out people really love shipping and it's very fun to talk about. So that ended up becoming kind of like the main focus of the channel. So like when you talk about shipping, do you go into Amazon Prime and how that works with the drone shipping and stuff like that? Yes, let's go with that. That is exactly what I do <laughs> from now to the end of time. I talk about Amazon shipping. I order things on FedEx. <laughs> Thank you for humoring my stupid fucking joke. No, no, no. I, this is my <laughs> channel for now. I'm going to order something from UPS and FedEx and see which one can get here fastest. Genius. Maybe they'll come at the same time because they're in love. Mm -hmm. I do remember how there was a banned commercial. It might have been Amazon where people would say I shipped my pants. <laughs> And I learned about it in a marketing class and the teacher's like, I thought that was a fucking brilliant ad campaign. And I'm so mad they banned it. It's like the uh, gray poupon poop on you thing. Mm -hmm. All right. But unfortunately, as much as I'd love to talk about shipping, we have to talk about this series, which has, uh, I don't know, I guess, Chorus, you'll be the expert and you'll tell us if there's any shipping in this series. But take it away, Jordan, with telling us about this series. Okay, so this is Shinmai Fuke, Kiroko-san, also known as Rookie Policewoman Kiroko-san, also known as Rookie Policeman Kilko-san. Apparently Shinmai literally means unpolished rice, but it's like a common way to refer to somebody who's new mm -hmm. or inexperienced. Like if you're talking about a noob, ha <laughs> you fucking <laughs> unpolished rice noob. Anyway, so apparently Shinmai Fuke is like kind of a, it's strange title. 
It all roughly translates to novice policewoman, according to our expert Tucker. But apparently, Hirakata has put it in Romaji on the volumes as Shinmai Fukei. And these are apparently usually taken up by official localizations. But as is noted here, this is a flop from a fucking decade ago, so it's not likely to happen. The author, whose name is Masahiro Hirakata, has been an assistant for a couple notable people, including Shinya Suzuki of Mr. Full Swing, which I've never heard of. So that's like considered the manga that I think is like the most successful manga in Shonen Jump that's never had an anime adaption. Hmm. Really? Yeah, I think it had like 15 volumes and it just never got an anime. Hmm. That's weird. Okay. I assume it's a baseball? Yeah. Well, you never know with these titles, but he's also been an assistant for Koji Uishi of Itamaru Dashi. These are things that I've also never heard of. And Suichi Aso of The Disastrous Life of Psyche K, which I've also never heard of. I've heard of that one, actually. Oh, hey. But I don't think I ever read it. Mm. Now, we're talking about people that Hirakata had as assistants, and I've heard of a couple of these people, David. Daijiro Nonue of The Last Seiyuki, which is an episode of our podcast that you can listen to, and Yusuku Shibata of Zipman, which was our first episode, actually. Hell yeah. Yeah, as well as Toshitomo Uotake of Mogusa-san, which I don't know. This guy's other works include She's back rookie policewoman Kilko-san. so apparently they straight up just brought this character back for four chapters in 2014 through a short-lived mobile service and this was fronted by Kilko-san. so apparently this character became a little bit of an internet phenomenon when the first chapter appeared we're talking about lots of fan art lots of porn yeah this author also made something called best blue in 20 2015, which is actually a swimming manga that attempted to ride on the wave of free, but it only lasted for three volumes. Aww. He also made Machikoro Match Plus, which is apparently a tie-in to a popular tabletop game called Machikoro. It is actually a full-color series about a small guy accidentally becoming mayor and forming a harem. Okay. Yeah, that sounds on track from what we saw. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised to see that at all, actually. And at last, this guy made what is apparently his most successful series, Debbie the Corsifa is Emulus. Okay. That's a series of words. Yeah, that's been going since 2020. I was like trying to think of how to shorten this plot summary that Max B handed me, and I was like, you just got to read the whole thing. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll read the whole thing. Debbie is a bloodthirsty and busty demon who travels to the human world to seek a suitable opponent after finding her own world lacking. She finds Rokuro Sugo, a bored human who just wants someone to play video games with. Chaos ensues as it turns out the almighty Debbie is rubbish at games and a sore loser to boot. Can you tell that the person who wrote this is British? And Debbie swears to keep playing whatever games Sugo devises until she stands victorious. I was going to be honest, you could have stopped at Demon Girl once defeat goes to other world. You could have stopped right there and I could have predicted the rest of that plot. I just need to have added the video games. (laughs) (laughs) You could have stopped right at that half. I immediately would have guessed the rest of the generic ass plot that was going to come afterwards. What if I tell you it's apparently only about traditional games and video games show up very rarely? That would have surprised me. Apparently, emulus is a real word that means seeking to emulate or imitate someone or something. Interesting. 
Let me look up Corsica because what the fuck is that? Oh, isn't that that online learning program? I look up Corsica and it just brings me to the Wikipedia article for this manga. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, we're not talking about that shit today. How long did it run for, my guy? We're talking about Rookie Policewoman Kiriko. And this ran from November 19th, 2012 to May 20th, 2013. It replaced Reborn, which was a huge hit. And the series that replaced this was Smokey BB by Kenta Komamiya and Yuya Kawada, which only went for two volumes. That's a fucking flop. The series that started at the same time as it was Food Wars, which not a flop at all. Fucking Food Wars. And Hungry Joker, which is an episode of our podcast, so clearly it did not go well. That was episode 15, actually. This is uh, the creator of Black Clover. Familiar with that one at all, Chorus? Yeah, oh yeah, I love Black Clover. Oh, it's uh, not as good as Black Clover. Kind of assumed. It's very bad, actually, believe it or not. Uh, you know, went for three volumes, probably not great. But this series ran for 25 chapters and got three volumes. Apparently 24 of those chapters were in Weekly Shonen Jump, but let's get into the goddamn plot and we'll talk about what this fucking series actually is. Hell yeah. Take it away, Jordan. Anjo Haruki is a sex criminal cop who was placed in a far off dead end town in the middle of nowhere called Nagashima instead of being fired for serial sexual harassment, just like they do with Catholic priests where instead of kicking them out, they just put them in a small place. It's fucking cops. He's one of two officers there, with the other being his chief. After overhearing from the chief that they're getting a new recruit with large breasts, Anjo volunteers to train her, but she's... <laughs> Not quite what he's expecting, David. No oh my. Oh my. Otanashi <laughs> Kiriko is an ex-mercenary turned rookie policewoman with huge tonfa blades. Terrified by her violent tendencies, Anjo takes her out on patrol. The chief tells him that if they don't achieve something today, then he will be fired. Anjo identifies a guy as a potential panty thief because he relates to him, and I mean, he's also a fucking sex pervert criminal. So yeah, I guess game recognized game. Kiriko then violently attacks him. Anjo tells Kiriko that he will take responsibility for it. So she goes all out, causing a shitload of property damage that Anjo has to pay for, but I honestly, who the fuck gives a shit about him? Next, some terrorists attack an abandoned department store for some reason and shoot an RPG at Kiriko, which doesn't work. Then, Uchigane and Bullet, two cops from Tokyo, show up to track some criminals who came to Nogashima. Bullet really came to watch over Kiriko, who he used to work with in their old mercenary group, the Philadelphia Phantoms. Unfortunately, after stopping the criminals, Uchigane and Bullet get permanently assigned to Nogashima to watch over Kiriko. I am so sorry for them. Popcorn David. To get people more excited about the police, in Nagashima in general, Anjo dresses up as their mascot Cerberus. They're approached by some anime producers who want to learn more about the character in order to adapt him into an anime. The station tries to invent a backstory for him when Kuriko decides to create one which is more or less explains the backstory of her and her boss. Her father was her boss's war buddy who died in the war, and her mother gave her to him before committing suicide. This is convenient because when the gang goes on a casino cruise, the head bodyguard 
is her boss, what? who was at the time the former commander of the Phantoms. Kuroko fights him to a standstill and then leaves, whereupon the producers say the backstory is too heavy in kind of a throwaway panel at the end. Yeah. They're not done, though, because they want to make a documentary about Kuroko, where they discover she's worshipped as a legend and a god in many places. This upsets her because she just wants to be seen as a good policewoman. The gang then goes to Tokyo to meet the FBI director, but Kuroko fucks up his car and they run away. It turns out, however, the trip was a ruse to get info on a criminal that the chief has been chasing. Kuroko and Anjo are then assigned to give a rich guy named John Smith and his young bodyguard twins Ray and May a tour of Nagashima Popcorn Chorus. Afterwards, the chief reveals that John is the criminal he's been tracking, but he's protected by the damn corrupt police force. Goddamn cops! Police corruption? What? What? They extrajudiciously infiltrate John's ship where they encounter Ray and May and learn that they are new members of the Phantoms to replace Bullet and Kiriko. Kiriko challenges Ray and May to a game of kick the can and when she easily wins, the twins realize that they have a lot to learn. John Smith tells Commander Phantom that Anju might be Kiriko's lover, which sends him into a rage and he viciously attacks them. He discovers that Anjo is a disgusting ledger which reminds him of Kiriko's dad, so he just leaves. That is a very strange thing. Oh, well, I mean, you're dating your father, basically. So it's cool. I'll see you. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> what? We'll get into it. It's basically the Batman vs. Superman Martha, but with sexual harassment. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The gang then approaches John Smith, who takes Anjo hostage, telling them that the ship is about to sink before escaping on a helicopter. May and Ray, who now feel betrayed, defect to help the good guys. Meanwhile, Anjo begs to join John Smith's team as a traitor, before betraying John Smith and jumping off the helicopter. Double, double cross them. Ha ha! Now that he doesn't have a hostage, Kiriko destroys the helicopter as Anjo is saved by Ray and May, who have declared that they'll live with Anjo. John Smith surrenders, but apparently every single person in the Nagashima police station has been fired. Thank God. Yeah, yeah they kind of all deserved it. She also cast millions of dollars in property damage. Minimum. They constantly say she's a shitty policewoman, and she is. But she's new to it, Jordan. I mean, I guess committing police brutality makes you a normal cop. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, everyone scrambles to find new jobs, but they all suck. Thankfully, the chief appears and says that someone high up in the police force pulled some strings to get them their jobs back. So don't worry about it. Then they get offered some free tickets to a hot spring, and that's it. Goodbye. <laughs> When I read up there that the final chapter was not printed in Shonen Jump, I'm not surprised because the final chapter feels completely fucking useless. It feels like the second to last chapter should have been the end. No, it truly could have been. But no, we have to make sure we end this as a happy-ish note of, oh no, the adventure still continues. Please, for the love of God, let us have a sequel. <laughs> they kind of got it, too. Oh, good for them. This is pretty common, by the way, because often they'll finish the series and realize, oh, we're like 20 pages short, bang out another chapter just to finish it, mm -hmm. especially back in 2013. Yeah. Even though the whole series feels like it was from 2005. Also, John Smith. Really? John Smith. Every other translation I read, it kept saying John Claude. Van Damme. <laughs> some translators fucking around with it, but that's what I kept reading. God. All right. But let's get into some of the characters. So why don't we start? Of course, would you mind telling us about the main character and the namesake of the series? 
Otanashi Kiriko. Hot-blooded policewoman. That is... We gotta remember that's a thing. <laughs> but, like, Kiriko is a weird situation for me, as I never once start thinking of her as, like, an actual character. She primarily <laughs> just feels like she hits that Goku and Dragon Ball super problem of, like, you are not a character. You are not the main person. You are the series' mascot. Yes. You put her up next to Pikachu and all is right with the world, except Pikachu has a little bit more personality. Yeah, that's why chapter one, she became an internet phenomenon. It was entirely because of her aesthetic and, and because she's adorable. This series tries so hard to act like she's interesting. Yeah. They have panels where they're like, it's never boring when you're around Kiriko. Oh man, Kiriko is so interesting. I love Kiriko. She's so interesting. Let's make a 24 hour documentary about her. Let's make her an actual literal mascot for the town as we try to sell rice to keep us afloat. Here's a Kiriko outfit, like a costume. I, I mean, like, this is legitimately, like, we've talked about the Pucci effect, kind of half-joking. This is yes. literally if Homer had got what he wanted. Yeah, this feels like it was, like, I can't tell if this is, like, bad meta or good meta, where it has, like, okay, she's the mascot, not just in this show, but also, like, in story. And not only that, we have a story about someone making an anime about a mascot that should absolutely <laughs> happen. Oh, there's a documentary where people get to learn all about this character. I'm just sitting here like, man, sir, I learned her entire scope of her, like, potential in the first week chapter. You're not going to be convincing me of anything by having her, like, do all this other shit. It did kind of feel like it was like, what? An anime adaptation? I mean, if you have to. <laughs> I don't know, you know. It also was kind of ballsy of the offer to not wait until actually like, it actually would have been really funny if an anime adaption had been announced and then they had like a meta arc about that. Mm -hmm. They would have. Yeah, everything's about her, except she's not that interesting. I do think the fact that she openly will say when she doesn't want to do anything is kind of adorable. Oh, a little bit. She does have a very cute pouting face. Yeah. I mean, her entire point is to be adorable mm -hmm. and also strong because, man, that's so unique in manga. Could you imagine a character who's adorable and strong? It's not like David has ever talked about reading a manga like that by Akira Toriyama called Dr. Slump. Yep. And that's also another reason that I have an issue with her as a, just a character in this manga in general. It's, oh, you're supposed to be like, oh my god, she's a mercenary. She's a badass. She has like all this dark past, all these skills. I'm just like, what does she actually do skill-wise? She swings her tonfa blades and creates a giant whirlwind that will destroy a city block. A power that literally that does not tie to her being a mercenary whatsoever. And instead yeah. it's just anime power strong. And that kind of feels like it's just the depth of this series in general it's you have the slug line she's a former mercenary okay so she's just a badass and we don't have anything extra that we're actually gonna dig in to really flavor this world with that information I think that's a great discussion point for when we start really talking about the negatives, but let's get through the characters real quick. So Jordan. Well, hold on real quick, because I want to also point out she is not just a member of the Phantom of the Phantom. Oops, almost said Phantom Troop. That's something completely different. She's not just a member of the Phantoms. She was their leader. So it's like, where does your fucking leadership or confidence go, Kiriko? What the fuck? Anyway, yeah, we can talk about that later. She was also just their mascot. 
Yeah. Yeah. She's just Kawhi. And you know what's opposite of Kawhi is sexual harassment. So Jordan, can you tell us about the second most important character in the series? Oh, I fucking hate this guy. Anjo Haruki. He is a sexual harasser, like a serial sexual harasser, obsessed with porn. And he is also completely aware that he's that he sexually harasses people. He wants to keep doing it. He is completely unrepentant. Oh my god. Not don't just fire this guy. Lock him the fuck up he fucking sucks i hate him but he is like one of if not the main pov character you know kiriko shows up and he's oh my god her tits are so big i want to grab them fuck what the fuck dude i actually took a screenshot of this exact the exact moment where it first happened this is one of the first things we see about him he's like what's the point of being a cop if you can't sexually harass people he literally just keeps bitching like, oh, my God, you're so terrible. I keep losing money. Oh, my God, this is so awful. Like all this shit you're putting me through. Then he literally says, I can't keep doing this if there's no merit for me. Jeez, at least let me grope those tits. Then he tries yes. to grab her. Yes, that is our main POV character, people. He is constantly commenting on how another character is flat chested. He is bringing porn into his workplace all the time, which, yeah, dude, that's kind of fucked up to do. Oh, my God. He, he's also really cowardly and sniveling and oh, but he gets redemption at the end of the series, David. It's totally fine. It's like a shitty version of Denji from Chainsaw Man. No, no, no. He's a shitty version of Konosuba, the main guy from there. Oh, I do love Konosuba. That's a good point. That's a good observation, too. All right. But you know who is actually a good character in the series? Yeah. The chief of police. So let me talk to you about... The chief's pretty good. <laughs> Suitsi, where he just doesn't give a fuck about anything, except for the fact that Loki is also actually an extremely resourceful and intelligent police officer when chasing down these very, very powerful criminals. Which only happens off screen, mind you. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, apparently, this entire series has been like fourth dimensional chess by Sutsui to catch Jean Smith instead of the other people who were unwillingly moved to this middle of nowhere dead end town. He purposefully wanted to go there because he knew that Jean wanted to turn it into a headquarters for bad guys. And yeah, apparently he's just been doing a ton of more interesting police work off off screen this whole time. Yeah, why why show the interesting parts of this series? Right. Oh, man. And then I guess we can talk about Yeah, just for a second. Of course, can you tell us a bit about Chalky and Bullet? All right. We got Chalky. She's basically just Maki from Kaguya-sama, except less interesting. She's a special duty police investigator, which means she's just a super serious woman who has a flat chest. We really need to emphasize this. She has a flat chest and she's bossing everyone around, yes. but she's also a tsundere. So she acts like she doesn't care, but she really does. Oh, she's so tsundere. Yeah. Yeah, they have a chapter where it's like a swimsuit competition and she's accused of cheating because she seems to have a larger bust than usual, you know. And honestly, in the series, for as short as the series is, Chalky and Bullet are in this way less than you would think. They they get introduced yeah. like they're going to be like the next set of main characters that really pad out the squad. Then the next arc, they literally disappear for the rest of it till the finale. They just feel totally useless. Mm hmm. I mean, that's the point of all these characters. And then, like, I was like, should I take him out or not? But I figured we'd mention him for a second. And then, Jordan, just do you want to tell us about Phantom real quick? And then we'll actually start talking about the series. I was going to say, we forgot to bullet. 
Oh, Bullet, yeah. Bullet's kind of cool. He's one joke and they repeat it into the ground. He really is into Kiriko, but like in a fatherly yeah. taking care of her kind of way. And he also like yeah. hates how she's gone so soft working for the police when she should be a badass mercenary. Yeah, it's interesting how like he also has supernatural abilities, but I guess it's just in this world. If you're strong enough, you have supernatural abilities rather than it being something actually science sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's not sci-fi. It's uh, it's kind of Dragon Ball rules. Yeah. And then, uh, Jordan, you want to tell us about Phantom? Yeah, so he's Kiriko's second father figure. Uh, he's punished Snake, and yeah. it. I don't really have anything else to say about him. Can say we're all punished for having to read this series. Yeah. Ooh. All right, I think that's a good segue. Let's get into why I failed. That's right. Uh, all right, then we're just gonna keep. It. So Jordan, as the most punished of us, do you mind telling us what were some ser- what were some things you didn't like about this series? Oh my god, so many sexual harassment jokes, just constant. I had to, like, double-check this was 2013, not 2003. Yeah, it's their one and only joke that they're like, okay, this is gonna make people to laugh. And I know this is probably for, like, younger boys, but I'm sitting here like, look, I've seen these kinds of jokes before, and I've seen funnier versions of these same bad-taste jokes, and these are just... The only joke is that he wants to sexually harass her, and that is it. It's just a mere, oh, he wants to do this, and that's just repeated constantly. Right? In the chibi, I kind of thought that this series was smarter than it was letting on because Anjo was so unlikable. But no, this series is just bad at making him likable. He just sucks. And it kind of expects you to find him lovable. Well, the problem with this series is that it's try- it wants to be a comedy first over everything else. So basically, he's supposed to be like, oh, he's the squirmy kind of low life character. Oh, he's so cowardly. He's such a not a bad boy, but he's so pathetic kind of deal. And that's supposed yeah. to like be comedy. And I'm just seeing here like, no, he just kind of sucks. Yeah, I mean, the series like tries to present itself as like a gag series, but it doesn't it like it wants you to think it's a gag series, but it doesn't actually put any effort into trying to be a gag series. Mm -hmm. So it just feels very like everything just feels like a colossal waste of time. Completely. It kind of feels like this series is like trying to make a point, but it never actually makes a point. Well, just because it's got so much fucking text. Like, I think the series is added, like, it was actually kind of funny when it's doing, like, the physical comedy, but you have to read an immense amount of text, which, like, it, this was series was a slog. This was another series where I was just, like, skipping half the, because none of it really mattered. Mm-hmm. Also, like, the problem with the visual is that the art sucks and is kind of hard to distinguish. It's kind of hard to distinguish what the fuck is happening sometimes. I don't think the art sucks, but they're idle. I do believe that there's like nothing special about it. There's some like, yeah. oh, and they do the action shots like, OK, that kind of looks like a cool double spread panel. Then I'm like everything else. So it's like surface level, surface level, surface level. There's nothing for me to like latch on to. But it's like not awful, but it, there's nothing. It doesn't have that sauce. It's the definition of mid. I agree. I was like, this art is inoffensive, but I will not remember this art. There's it's like the every anime original show that like tried to start up in like 2006 when anime blew up where like everything wanted to be like, oh, well, well, if we make an anime, it has to be successful. And that's kind of the vibe for this art style. Yeah, it it's kind of try hard. And it's funny, though, because it didn't try with characters like I don't like was there any earnest attempts for character development of any of these characters? Like it genuinely thinks us learning about Kirko's backstory is character development, which it isn't because every person is exactly the same as they were in the first chapter. Yeah, I mean, I was expecting Anjo to like kind of grow up by the end. But really what happens is that everyone else learns to respect Anjo and he mm. doesn't change remotely. And I, I resent that because, no, I don't respect Anjo. You failed to make me respect Anjo. 
Yeah, it's just for why this series failed. I feel like it is just a case of it really doesn't have anything going for it. Yeah. I mentally checked out and I am completely honest about this in the first two pages. And this is how it happened. <laughs> this is how it happened. Fair decision. This is how the first page literally it is like, oh, my God, it's Anjo running to see him cry. Oh, how could they let a former mercenary join the police force? This is awful. This is terrible. All my superiors say this is a good idea, but I know for certain turns the page. It's going to be a disaster. And it's like Kiriko surrounded by like broken up and bean bodies. The art's not great, but it's like, oh, this is supposed to be like the dangerous situation. This is what's going to happen. I'm yeah. just seeing here. It's like, OK, so I now know the complete joke and breadth of this series. You're like, oh, my God, this person and strong oh my god something bad and dangerous is gonna happen i'm just like so that's it that's the one bitchy that you have could you imagine if a cop was violent that's so funny never could have imagined so that. so funny yeah and also to add on to the my final thought about that was just that there's no hook to the series basically in its opening pages where they literally present to you as here's the thing someone could be dangerous this could be a bad what's gonna happen then it's like oh danger's gonna happen and i now know the exact answer of what's the rest of the series is gonna be about i have the answer yeah. i have no fucking reason to keep reading unless <laughs> i'm attached to the shenanigans and the actual fights, which there are basically none of. Yeah. I put in my notes and something I'm thinking more about series is this series just doesn't have a thesis. Like, if it wanted to be gag manga, that's fine if it didn't, and a lot of good manga don't, but this one is set up and structured like it was trying to build up to something, like have some overarching arc or have a purpose to the series. And since it never develops that, that's kind of why it feels like it's literally treading water for every single thing about it. Well, I'm not convinced that it ever was trying to build to a point. Oh, that's what I'm saying. It had nothing it was trying. To, like, it doesn't ever say this is what we're trying to do with this series. So it just literally dirtles. No, no, no. What it feels like is that it was like treading water. Learned that it was going to get canceled. Then it rushed to the ending trying to say like, oh, no, no, no. Kiriko's backstory. Oh, no, the guy, <laughs> the dad. And they tried to struggle and retcon what happened before, which was just shenanigans to actually be building up to something. And it really was just like, eh. It seems like they tried to shoehorn in a romance subplot between Kiriko and uh, Anjo, which had not been there before, and I really did not like the idea of them introducing. Well, to its credit, it's really just, oh, fuck, she's not annoying. I kind of like her. But to its credit, at least it is literally just like the one page towards the end. And I'm just like, at least they didn't stretch this bullshit out to be the rest of the series yeah. where he is awful. Yeah, we also supposed to be like, treat like a sincere romance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I will say, by the way, for the interest of time, I think we do need to move on. Oh, man. Yeah. Basically, why was this series? Why did this series fail? It's bland as fuck. It's mid, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it does have some good points, though. So let's get into what it did well. I'll kick this section off by saying I think what is the low hanging fruit is that I do think Kiriko has a very fun character design. And I think, yeah, I, that's about it. It's just she she does have a fun design. I see why there's so much fan art of her. Yeah, I think I think it's fine. I think it's fine. I think the blades look weird. They are. They are very weird. And it's fine. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. They seem to change constantly. I can't really get a feel for what they're supposed to look like sometimes. I don't know. And she has large breasts. That's cool. It's just like an eye patch, large breasts, and green hair, apparently, and blades. Mm -hmm. I feel like it never occurs to me that she has an eye patch because her hair covers it the entire time. Yeah. And then it's like based on her backstory, it seems like she was born with one eye. Yeah. I thought she was going to have like a super power eye or something, but her dad had one eye too. So it's like seems to imply it's hereditary. 
Yeah, overall, I feel like this series, what it does bad, like the sexual harassment stuff, just the general writing of the characters, some of it is just, here's a fucked up part. For as much as like this annoys me in like the era of like post Me Too that we have to look at this, like think it's comedy, the whole show as a whole, it's just not even worth getting mad about. It just exists. Yeah. There's a thousand other series that, that are just like this. And I feel like nothing that it does is particularly egregious, but none of it is also inspiring or makes me want to read on so I just like want to set it down the worst you thing you can say about any of it or the best thing you can say about any of it is just it's serviceable which I actually think it's commendable actually for a manga about a cop to be inoffensive that's not good enough for me I didn't say it was a good series. I'm just saying it is impressive that it is bland instead of being offensive. You know, the, this was not that great a series. You know what? When it comes to art, being bland is worse than being bad. This is true. I will also say I love how they get arrested at the end of the series. I really wish that had just been how it ended. That would have been honestly hilarious. Oh, <laughs> uh, actually, maybe the segue. So why don't we go into where it could have gone on that note? Mm. Yeah. So, of course, uh, continuing that train of thought, what, what is something you would have revised about this series to have maybe made it a success? Honestly, for me, like I talked about earlier, Kiriko's abilities are based just, oh, I'm super strong, just in a generic, like, oh, she hits hard kind of way. I think uh, this series could actually serve a lot better by taking a page out, like, from Sakamoto days. Like, we actually see the technical skills that make her actually dangerous, actually make those mercenary abilities, like, a lot more present. And that yeah. just adds a lot more flavor to, like, who she is. Instead of this generic, oh, cute girl, dangerous past, wants to do cute girl cop things. This show is desperately in need of a more of a personality and just any big swing would have been an improvement i think that so it implies earlier that she was like this really intelligent commander we don't see any of that in the series i think it would have been interesting if she was kind of trying to hide that side of her it was there and then it came out sometimes and she was like trying really hard to be this cute little policewoman, which isn't really her natural state, I, mm -hmm. which that would have given her more character, it would have given some kind of conflict inside of her. But it just it's not there. She's just bland as fuck. She's powerful, but cute and demure. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I think it would have been really fun if it was all about her adjusting to the civilian life and kind of learning violence isn't the answer. And when these like people from her past, these super soldiers, like she learns how to confront people, like maybe they were too powerful for her to defeat physically. But she realizes using like her new police skills and her developed social skills and emotional intelligence, how like I don't want to say like talk to the series, but I think this could have been a fun contrast where you think it's going to be like this fighting series, but it's really more about her growing as a person and this personal growth allowing her to deal with her past. I yeah, like she could have learned de-escalation. I feel like you also touched upon like what might also be like a weakness of the series is that this series for as much as it wants to be like oh my Kiriko wants to be like oh I want to be like a normal police woman who does good things the series its entire point is to focus on how ab abnormal she is about oh yeah she's so extreme yeah. like the whole point of what we're supposed to enjoy is her skills and shit like that when that's kind of not what she wants to be I feel like if they could have dug more into that we would have might have had a more interesting series rather than just a gag manga with no gags. I would like to see her talk more about like, what she thinks a good police officer does. Also, we don't never learn why she wants to be a police officer. I need to put that out there. We just learned. No, yeah, that's a good point. She just wants to help people. That's it. Yeah. You can help someone without being a police officer. Maybe there was some event where she was saved by a police officer. I don't know. Maybe she there was some something where she realized that oh, I kind of hate being like a mercenary who helps like the bad side sometimes. I don't know. 
she could have had like someone in her troop who like talked about how great her dad was how great their dad the police officer was and that's like what inspired him and you know he died because they talked about a bunch of the soldiers she worked with died it might have been interesting if you know you talked about talk no jutsu maybe she used that against her not dad you know and he would have seen wow you've really grown up you're not just like fighting or something but she didn't grow up you know she's the same as david pointed out they're the same from beginning to end mm-hmm. also focus more on the chief Oh, man, imagine if you had a prequel series where you saw how he, like, really earned his stripes. How about sometimes when Kiriko and Anjo are doing dumb shit, there's a B-plot where the chief is trying to track Jean. Yeah, or the chief is trying to, like, actively show the chief weaponizing their stupidity and powers. Like, maybe they're, like, there's the distraction when he actually sneaks in and collects evidence or something. Like, actually shows some police work. Yeah. God, the police was, the chief was such a cool guy. Eh. He could have been a cool guy. Yeah, right. (laughs) theoretically he could have been no i love how this series is warped around one character but we don't think that's the best character in the series i mean well to be fair i don't think any of them are great characters i do think that she has the best design but that's not saying much i think that david you want the chief to be a better character than he is I just wanted something to really latch onto as a positive in this series. You've invented more of a personality for the chief than he is given in the manga. I am sorry. You're right. His in-universe personality is just like, oh, I'm going to trick Anjo to take care of this girl by making sure that he, I announce that she has the new recruit has big tits, knowing that he'll volunteer to take care of her so I don't have to. Yeah. If you're not introducing the B-plot, I would have rather it be like the chief is constantly trying to get Anjo fired, which is that's what I, that's what I kind of thought from the first chapter. But that's actually not what it seems to be. By the way, I really would have rather this series ended with them not getting rehired. Oh, yeah. I think that was such a lazy decision. Give us that cop out ending. They want to keep the door open in case they got picked up again. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just lazy. Right? The series is just lazy. (laughs) Yeah, you know what's not lazy? It's learning about miscellaneous thoughts and all of Maxi B's hard work researching this show. So let's dive into that. Yeah. On that, so kicking things off with Maxi B's thoughts, let's do, they have quite a few saying, despite pulling poorly in the magazine and not selling much better, the online audience was noteworthy as we discussed before. There's a ton of fan art, including actually major manga collector creator Bobo Bo drew fan art for this series. Hmm, Really? Yeah, since Shueisha was like, whoa, this might be something, that's why it got a sequel that ran on their on their mobile service, Jump Live. A fun little fact, Kuroko Chapter 9, Hungry Joker Chapter 10, and Food Wars Chapter 8 all had extended page counts, which is why that porno ghost adventure was extra long. What a great use of those pages. I read the book yesterday, and I forgot about the porno ghost. It's useless. It's nothing. It does nothing in this series. Oh, God, we didn't even talk about it. It does canonize the fact that there are ghosts in this universe. This, we didn't even fucking talk about it because it was so useless. Yep. The uh, character Bullet originates from a series called Double Bullet, <laughs> <laughs> a one shot that plays a significant part in the development of the series, which is fan translated online. And maybe we'll cover that on Patreon someday. Maybe. Uh, you can actually see the origins of several other character designs. And then chapter 59 of that Debbie series actually has a crossover Kuroko-san to celebrate both two years of that manga running years since Kuroko-san ran. She apparently fits in very well with the cast of that series. Wow. Okay. Well. All right. He really, really loved this character design. He fucking loved this character. I mean, it, the design was apparently a huge hit. I get it. He's, oh man, this is what I did that really grabbed everyone from the beginning. This was my first success. I'm not going to fucking let this shit go. David, I'm not going to let this go. 
I mean, we have seen it before. So, like, the creator Shaman King absolutely was obsessed with honest design and kept yeah. reusing her in every series he made. So it's not like this is the only time this is happening. Isn't she, like, 11 in that series and pregnant? Uh, <laughs> in Shaman King? I don't know. I think there's a time skip where she gets pregnant. Hmm. Yeah. And then I also, by the way, we didn't talk about it, but I know diegetic's not the right word, but I do like how a lot of the cover arts were literally like just like a giant, like one page snapshot into the situation that was going on instead of it being just something random, like a lot of manga does. It's a relevant cover art. And they, but they only do that sometimes. I feel like some of those other covers were just like, okay, an event that was happening. It wasn't specifically tied to this, what was going on in the chapter. Yeah, that's fair. And then my last one is I definitely would say without a doubt Trigger would have adapted the anime adaption of this. Oh, God. Yeah. Could you fucking imagine? There's some fan art of Kuriko being drawn in like the painting and stalking art style, and she actually looks really perfect in that. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, it's like she's supposed to be sexy, but the author can't do that. It just winds up looking strange. And then do you guys have any other miscellaneous thoughts? Wow. So the translation I was reading for one chapter called Bullet Barrett, and that kind of blew my mind because now I'm thinking about Final Fantasy VII. Is Barrett actually supposed to be Bullet? Because that makes sense for him because he's got a gun arm. And it's just I've been thinking about that since I read it. That's all Jordan's going to take away from this series. Yeah, pretty much. How about you, Chorus? Do you have anything? Sorry. It's just this, as you can tell, that the series has really stuck with me. Yeah, no, it's totally fine. Also, you said Shaman King, but I swear to God that the main final villain is a character from there. Or that could just be generic anime pretty boy. He had that vibe that just screamed to me, Shaman King, and I can't exactly place my finger on it. (laughs) You're talking about how, where it's like, ah, man, he's got those bangs kind of, and he's evil, but also really chill. I think so, yeah. I think there's a new guy. They did Shaman King Maze, and there's a new villain that's basically this guy same rich asshole type but relax with the bangs oh god also the fact that shaman king is still going blows my mind right every time they make a sequel series yeah i mean he bought the rights to it from shoeisha so now he can do whatever he wants (laughs) yeah and he keeps making new sequel series and all them fucking tank yet they always come back the shaman king maze is getting an anime adaptation wow it only has 30 chapters to its name I loved Shaman King when I was like 13, but I tried watching that anime revival and it just just didn't stick with me. I heard it just has no soul to it, ironically. Uh Ah ha ha! Oh, ironic. Alanis Morissette ironic. All right, but shall we get into final verdict? Sure. Yeah. So kicking things off from the community when it goes to six word summaries, we have from Tucker, only bastards in the police building. Maxi B, ACAB includes all these cops too. Damn right. Chicken Warlord, Pennyless Privateer Punks, Perverted Podunk Precinct. Diego, Kuriko Chan rules, the rest not so much. Dougie 4, we have Hitman Reborn at Home. <laughs> which apparently the community really love that one. That's a good one. Dude Rocks, glad they defunded the police manga. Nice. Gray, please stop sexual harassing sweet Kuriko Chan. Lord Anubis, she will live in our hearts. Or four action comedy series is a crowd. Meru, all cops, even waifus are bastards. Hmm. Hey. Portal Man, who the hell hired these pigs resident warhammer nerd police stars still not resident evil so of course just for context he's tried to tie every six word summary in the last like three episodes to resident evil Mm. which he's done a pretty good job of so far we did one series called stars which is of course spelled st ampersand rs i hate it fabricant 100 whose main character looks like lady demetresco from resident evil 8 and yeah now this one yep (laughs) 
<laughs> oh man from real these cops should all be fired and they do actually kind of at the end but then they get hired again because that's yeah. just how it is smubby cute crazy constable cracks criminals craniums spike law and disorder that's three words but i think it's pretty good maybe i yeah. should just say it twice law and disorder law and disorder yeah the laughing fool just 25 chapters from retirement <laughs> like and that. the yeti Kawhi tana craze Kozer, camouflages copaganda and then chorus what was your six word summary it's just Sakamoto days, but worse. Hey. Fuck, that was probably going to be my recommendation. So I'm glad I'm glad you're bringing that up. Mm-hmm. Jordan, how about you? More like Moe Cop and Fondler. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't all police be kawaii? So that's my so that's my six word summary. And then ultimately, chorus. Do you consider the series a flop or not? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he said Would you consider that? this a certified flop? I think so. I mean, this is one of those series I feel like it is the cable TV of manga series where if it was allowed to go on forever, it would have. But the fact that Shonen Jump is as competitive as it is, I think it's kind of a miracle that this show got as many chapters as it did. Yeah, I agree. You guys remind me of this. Did Red, what was like Red Hood that series people are hyping up? Yeah. Yeah. Kiriko got more chapters in that series, didn't it? Yeah, that was like 19 chapters, I think. Yeah, this got 24. Ugh, by the way, the thing about Red Hood is the final three chapters are of, are extremely meta, where you can t- interpret it as the author just blaming his editor. Yeah, yeah, I saw, I read those, I read those. I also am not surprised though that the show got canceled because I read the pilot. Okay, this is really dope. Then the first one's, okay, all momentum is gone by the second chapter. Yeah, like, let's just stay here. Why? <laughs> Literally. Literally. Uh, <laughs> all right, and then Jordan, is this a flop or not to you? certified flop for me this is so bland i don't i'll forget about this series in two weeks there's nothing that's fair here it's just ugh. i'm gonna disagree i'm gonna say that this series is a flop but not a certified flop because i think this series yes very bland but i wouldn't have used the word atrocious like to say it's a certified flop, it's joining company like Zahn or um, so uh, I don't know if you saw the cover art, but we read a series called School Judgment, which was kind of like a pedophile manga about high key, a pedophile manga. You're right. High key, a pedophile made this manga and somehow got published in Shonen Jump. Uh, sir, that doesn't really narrow it down that much. <laughs> That's true. Um, it's a series about how hot 12 year olds are, basically. Oh, the artist legitimately is like, I drew this character flat chested so I could develop her breasts throughout the series. Okay. Yeah, don't read it, but it is on the official Shonen Jump app if you did. Yeah. Uh, but the point is, I-, I would say this is nowhere near that bottom of the bucket. Like, this is like, I would say this is like a D tier series, you know? Yeah. Still certified for me. I did not like this. But being boring is kind of worse than being bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we all can't be bad like Jordan. Wink. Bad to the bone, baby. All right. So then since we all thought that this series was a flop, what would we recommend? Chorus, are you going with Sakamoto Days or did you have something else in mind? Sakamoto Days. This series was like what Anya from Spy X Family would think a policewoman would be like. This feels like this could be like her <laughs> imagination of what she imagined like a mercenary cop would be. I actually had Spy Family as my recommendation. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Or actually just Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin, which is the other cop that's arresting character from School Judgment. That was one of our favorite series we've ever read. It's a real it's really good. Mm-hmm. And then how about you, Jordan? What's your recommendation? The movie Naked Gun. Hmm. Oh, great call. Yeah. It's Leslie Nielsen at his best. Have you seen Police Squad? No. no. So Naked Gun is actually an adaption of the TV show Police Squad. 
Oh, I've seen I, I've seen parts of that. That rules. That series rules. Yeah, it's where that like in this episode, the the writer's thinly hidden fetish comes from. Oh. That's where that meme comes. Police squad. Oh, yeah. But Jordan, since you thought this was certified flop, is this the worst thing you've ever read? No. All right. Ah, easy discussion. So let's move into shout outs. Chorus, I want to say thank you so much for joining us today. Can you tell the audience about all of the wonderful things you do? And just since this series sucks, they should definitely not read this. So they should check out your stuff. Instead. Yeah, I'm sorry. So Chorus, just look me up on YouTube. I'm also on Twitter, which I'm trying to use less of lately. And that's kind of about <laughs> it. Please come check me out. I do a lot of reviews, not specifically anime, but that is something that I'm trying to get more into. Ooh, definitely. I definitely want to keep an eye out for your anime content. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Check them out. I also want to say, Jordan, thank you so much for your hard work on the show, creating the opening and ending theme, and being a great co-host. Thank you, David. Thank you for all the hard work that you do on this show. Oh, no problem. Props to Mer Lyle for the awesome cover. Find her online at Lyle Mer and Nigel for being our generous art benefactor. Thanks to Dylan for assistance with editing. You can find his podcast, Anime Out of Context, at AnimeContext.com. Thanks to Tucker and Maxi B for assistance with pronunciation, translation, and other miscellaneous research. Find us on Twitter at Shonen Flopcast, on Tumblr at Shonen Cast. Hey. And our website, ShonenFlop.com. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcast. And come join the Shonen Flop Discord. It's open to everyone. Come hang out with us and find a link to it in the show notes or on our site. And if you've been enjoying the podcast and want to help us keep going consider subscribing to our patreon have a ton of awesome perks like listening to warm-up audio deleted scenes knowing what we're covering in advance even helping us pick some series that we're going to cover and you even get bonus episodes jordan what are we dropping in october for our wonderful patrons well before i get into that david i would like to say to the listener if you're going on tumblr make sure you check out shonen dash flop david said it wrong i did didn't i yeah he said shonen dash cast uh, whoops. Yeah, so this month we are covering, what is it, like how to make manga, making manga the jump way, like some... Yeah, the right way to make Shonen the Jump The right manga. way to make Shonen Jump manga with our friend Joey Weiser. Yeah, Joey was actually our guest on the Hardball Cop and Dolphin episode, so if you want to get a taste of that before the episode comes out, you can listen to that. Eisner Award winner. Eisner nominated. Eisner Award nominated Joey Weiser. Yeah, he's great. He um he actually drew art for my wedding, which was super cool. Hell yeah. All right. And then I also want to just give a read out to some of our wonderful patrons. Starting off with our dolphin dads, we have if ass was not meant to be eaten, then why is it between two buns? And if you have a horse, are willing to pretend to be a Christian with piercings in fun places. Moving on down to the ravioli tier where you get weekly photos of my adorable goblin dog. She is too long for a hot dog costume, which just shows how long her torso is. It's very strange. <laughs> We have Chris, Eva, Josh Robinson, Karate Chopsticks, Rachel, my fantastic fiance. I hope she's having a great time getting her nails did. And Trevor Schechner. Moving on down to the King of the Forest, we have 090Z, Bandit Stoof, my girlfriend, Chad, Shell Thorine, Jacob Andrew Galloway, Kirby Mont, Marty, Max Baker, not Jeff, T, the Wolf, uh, T Wolfwood, and you thought it was King Salamander, but it was I, Jory. Mm -hmm. And I also want to give a big thank you to our Galactic Ball Federation officers and our Beast Children. Yes, I love you all very much. And then, Jordan, anything you want to toss in? Oh, yeah. Check out Mission Ignition, my other secret podcast about vampires. Mm. Sounds good. All right, let's do our sign off. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Tune in next Monday as we give our first thoughts on Cyborg Grandpa G. <laughs> this has been David. This has been Jordan. This has been Sarcastic Chorus. Ooh, using your full name for the ending. I love it. You gotta. And you've been listening to Shonen Flop. Keep on flopping flubbers. Yeah. Yeah.